Welcome to the HSD Podcast Series. I'm your host today, Laura Franco, Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Regulatory Strategy. Today, I'm joined by Beth Laurie, Compliance Director and Corporate Compliance Officer for Life Care Services. Beth is charged with overseeing the healthcare compliance programs for our skilled nursing facilities. Today's program is actually part eight of a 10-part series that Beth and I have been doing where we're reviewing the CMS Compliance and Ethics Program. So welcome back, Beth. Thank you, Laura. As you know, I started this 10-part series in March of this year, starting with the introduction of why we need a compliance and ethics program and the elements of the CMS Final Rule Compliance and Ethics Program that constitute its foundation. Absolutely. And before we jump into the um, element that we're going to be talking about today, could you review those eight, those elements for everyone? Of course. So effective November 28, 2019, every nursing facility must have in place a compliance and ethics program. Um, developing this kind of program requires that at least eight elements be addressed. And these eight elements are, uh, number one, standards, policies, and procedures. Number two, there must be a high-level compliance officer. Number three, there must be sufficient resources to implement and operate the compliance and ethics program. Four, there must, uh, there must be due diligence. Five, there must be effective communication. Six, there must be a reasonable steps made to achieve compliance. Seven, there must be consistent enforcement of the program. And eight, there must be responsiveness to any detected violations. Great. And today we're going to talk about element seven, which is consistent enforcement. So what do our listeners need to know about element seven, Beth? Well, a nursing facility must consistently enforce its standards, policies, and procedures through appropriate disciplinary mechanisms. This includes disciplining the individual responsible for the failure to detect and report a violation to the appropriate party. Okay, when we say appropriate discipline, I've had air quotes going on here, um, what, what does that mean? What is an appropriate disciplinary action? Good question. It's case specific because appropriate disciplinary actions can range from a reprimand with additional training to a demotion or determination. Ultimately, in order to be effective, the disciplinary action should be proportional to the conduct. Okay, what if the individual who potentially violates the standards or policy is someone like um, a CEO, a COO, a CFO, someone in one of those high-level positions? Okay, well, the Compliance and Ethics Program applies to all levels of employees. No one is exempt. Every company officer, executive, or employee is expected to know and comply with the nursing facility standards, policies, and procedures without exception. If there is an alleged violation, then investigation and appropriate disciplinary action should be undertaken. So should the compliance officer um, be involved, or some companies, I think, have an internal compliance committee like we do, should they be involved in that process? Yes, uh, the compliance officer and or internal compliance committee, um, they should be empowered to use the results of these investigations to evaluate whether other similar or related problems may exist in the company's operations, and then to assist with implementing corrective actions 
Um, also, they should be um, empowered to remove any employees from managing or directing the investigation if their involvement threatens to compromise the integrity of the investigation. Um, and then they also should be empowered to prevent the destruction of documents or other evidence relevant to the investigation, of course, working in tandem with legal counsel. And then, of course, this all should be done in tandem with um, human resources um, because they would be the department that would determine the appropriate disciplinary measure. What what happens then if a volunteer or a vendor violates any of the standards, uh, the policies, and the procedures? Well, if the violation is substantiated, and depending upon the severity of the violation, the company may have to dismiss the volunteer and terminate the contract with the vendor. Um, for example, if a volunteer or vendor is found to be an excluded party or entity on, and you know, those are those um, abbreviations or acronyms, the LEIE, GSA, excluded parties list, um, then the company has to dismiss the volunteer and terminate the vendor contract. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So good information on Element 7. So thank you again, Beth. Um, I'm sure that our uh, our listeners um, learned more about the, uh, the eight elements today. So thank you very much. Next month, we're going to go into number nine, where we're actually going to discuss Element 8, which is periodic assessment. So thanks for joining us, Beth. You're quite welcome, Laura, and looking forward to next time. All right. Thanks, everyone. That's all for now. Legal disclaimer. Life Care Services, LLC, is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.